Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Great Love Media. Today's episode of The Great Love Debate is brought to you by The Black Tux. Do you want to be a sharp-dressed man? Do you want your man to be a sharp-dressed man? Black Tux has all the answers. The Black Tux, premium rental suits and tuxedos delivered. We are also brought to you by It's Complicated with Lauren Leonelli and Jen Golden, a very popular podcast from Great Love Media. Listen in each week as the ladies share the latest in dating apps, celebrity gossip, the funniest anecdotes, opinions, guests, and games. Subscribe now on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And speaking of podcasts, I'm going to mention this one more time because you've overwhelmed us with the response. If you want to start up your podcast, Great Love Media can help you do that too. The award-winning team here, which includes me and Keiko, has over two decades of experience helping literally thousands of people, the famous and the not so famous, find their voices, hone their messages, share their stories, and reach their audiences. If you own a business, you need to have a podcast. If you have a passion po- project, you need to have a podcast. Sarah Gore, you have a podcast, right? I do. I feel like I need more podcasts now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting up a second podcast just because I like doing this podcast and it's so good. If you have a Facebook page, you need to have a podcast. Great Love Media has a full suite of production, consulting, creative, and distribution services. Shoot me personally an email, brian at greatlovemedia.com, and we can get you started down the road to find your voice, your message, and your audience. Each the best, together even better. That is Great Love Media. The Great Love Debate. It's the Great Love Debate. The Great Love Debate. It's the Great Love Debate. Hi again, everyone. It's Brian Howie. Welcome to The Great Love Debate, the world's number one dating and relationship podcast. If you hear some uh, tinkling ivories in the background, if you hear a little music, if you're, I am on location. I am in New York City, and I am at the very, very fancy Bemelman's Bar at the Carlisle Hotel. And um, this is a place, if you come here, you're not going to have sex with anybody you meet here but you're going to have sex with somebody you bring here. I think that's that's a pretty good uh, way way to go. We did a podcast once, and this is the first time I'm actually using the equipment and driving, so if this sounds good, uh, my uh, production people have something to answer for because they are very well paid, and I'm figuring this out myself. Um, but joining me, I'll tell you why, why I'm here in a second, but I'm going to bring in uh, one of the reasons I'm here and, and who I really wanted to talk to today. I've been really trying to get her on my podcast I don't know, like three years. And she's going to be weirded out when I tell her this, that I know this. I'm going to sound kind of creepy. I met her 15 years ago today. Was that today? Today. 
and I had to look up something and I figured it out. I literally met you 15 years ago today. The rest of you, you've probably seen her as the host of Open House, where she's in all kinds of fancy houses all over the country. She hosts New York Live here in New York. She's covered the red carpets at the Golden Globe. She's cooked on the Today Show. And she has a podcast, which she actually does and, here at the Car- Carlisle. And, and I have a show in Boston called The Hub Today. Oh, really? Look at you. Yeah, I do. I do. I but can't yeah, even no, keep but, up all your credits. But that's crazy that that was 15, 15 years, years ago, ago today. today. That is weird. I know. I don't know whether to tell you that or not. It's not like I'm doing hard time here, but yeah, I met you a long I'm time okay ago. I'm with, with time passing. Yeah. I think a lot of time passing has been a good thing for me. It's been a really good thing for you. I'm not sure I've helped you uh, pass the time, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But this place, time has not. uh, It's like we're here in 1928 or something. Isn't it like a cocoon? It's like you're stepping back into old New York, which is nice because new New York is not so nice. I know. this, This doesn't exist in the city anymore. Only here at the Carlisle does this feeling, this vibe. They're really, you know, everyone that I have on my podcast says there is something magical about this room and you can't really put your finger on it, but it's almost like you forget what is happening in the outside world. You do. You know what I mean? Like... It's like a Anthony Bourdain like a warm did, a, hug. Did, a, did a part of his show here, and he came into this bar, and he sat in the corner, and he's like, "It doesn't feel like this neighborhood. It doesn't feel like New York, parts of New York City is now." But he's like, "I feel great just being in here." Yeah. You do your podcast right here in the seat, in right? this booth. This in is this... my favorite booth. You know what? You can see. <laughs> I'm every glad you're, booth. <laughs> you're letting the great love debaters use this for a little while. Yes, you can see everyone who comes in. It's a good vantage point from here. You can see the piano too, though, and Earl Rose, who is amazing he comes in and does the piano for us every time and he interjects he talks to the guests too but you know he did the tonight show it was funny because we had susan lucci on the other day and i like the way you name draw i'd say goron right now so yeah, maybe no, but I'm just saying, better. yeah i know no but he was it was funny because he was talking about how he had been nominated for an emmy because he did the music for all my children for like 14 years or something like that mm-hmm. he had been nominated like 13 years in a row and he won his Emmy the same year that Susan Lucci won hers, and like the streak is hers. over. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah, but everyone has a, a story and an Emmy Susan here. Apparently. Story. Yeah. You you have like ten, right? I think I have five. I think I have five. No, I think I have five because I remember wanting <laughs> another one to even out my bookshelf. Oh no! <laughs> it's like Keiko who produces this podcast. She has bookshelf Emmys. Um, now, but look, tell me you know, they, how you ended up at the Carlisle, because yeah. okay. I want to get into that in a second. Um, your husband, yeah, has real. He's a director, writer, director, and he's carved out sort of a east side niche in his work. He did something very with high end niche. Yes, he, he did, did um, scatter my ashes at Bergdorf's, right? And that just happened by chance because he was a screenwriter and a filmmaker, and he was writing a script about this window dresser who worked at Bergdorf's. And he went and met with them, and he was talking with them, and he was like, "Don't you have archives or like anything to kind of represent what this hotel or this this store has been for the yeah. last I forgot hundred and eleven years or something?" And they didn't, and they just got to talking, and he started. He was like, well, maybe we should do a documentary on the store. And it turned into Scatter My Ashes at Bergdorf's, which was actually a really successful documentary. And then he went and did um, Crazy About Tiffany's. He went all down Fifth Avenue. He's not, you know no, we're on I mean? Madison here now, so he yeah. moved over one. Well, and then he did Harry Benson, um, Shoot oh. First, who was a famed photographer, which was such a, it actually, I think, was my favorite film. 
So uh, now our various uh, so New now, York institutions uh, reaching out to him and say, why don't you do a documentary? About yes. Us? I'm sure they are. Yes. But this was, you know, the Carlisle has been a love of his forever. And he's just like, when I remember we had our first child. We have three now. But when we had our first, he used to take walks by the Carlisle. And every day he'd say, someday I'm going to do something with the Carlisle Hotel. This is when he took like, well, six months I mean, off. So he's been doing this for like three years. So this documentary called Always at the Carlisle mm-hmm. finally comes out May 8th. And it's kind of sad because it's like this. <laughs> the, the, but now you're doing done. a podcast called Last Night at the Carlisle. Yes. So now we together do a po- This is the first time we're working together, too. So that's been a Who little drives the ship on the podcast. I you do. or him. Who, oh, who drives the ship? Well, I've listened to it, but he's the Carlisle guy. You know? He's the Carlisle guy, yes. But, but he's um, not as media savvy as you. No, you know what? He All these documentaries, he does the interviews. So we both interview people for a living, but we just do it in very different ways. And this, because uh, I saw the trailer for this Carlisle movie. You've got yeah. George Clooney. You've got John Hamm. You've got... Uh, uh, Angelica Houston, Wes Anderson, Anthony Bourdain, who you just mentioned, uh, Lenny Kravitz, um... There's so many Bill Murray's and I don't think he's on the, on the because thing. I've been I, I always told people when I lived in New York, there was always something about New York versus Los Angeles in Los Angeles. If you got into the party, yeah. you were into the party in New York. You could get into the party and then there was always another room that you could not get into at the party. Yeah. It's different here in this place. If you're here and anybody can come in here. Yeah, you're in. So, guys, rather than, you know. It's a little pricier for a drink here, but if you're going to get a drink here, she's going to be impressed by the vibe here. Hundred percent. She's going to think you you have some some class. You're going to think you have some style, but she's also going to think you're really cool because it's not yes. stuffy in here. Yeah, it's sort of like you know, it's I anyone's welcome. I think a lot of people are intimidated by this, thinking, "Oh, it's so old school. It's so you know maybe pricey." But let me tell you, now twenty five to eighty five. You know, if you're twenty five and you're coming here, you are really. Hold on, I have to take a sip of my fourteen dollar club soda. Yeah, <laughs> you are um, cool for knowing. I know that was my. How's your water? Yeah. I can't even. I have to. I have to ration mine. But you're cool for knowing that this exists and that's got this old school swanky vibe. And if you're like sixty five or seventy five, you've been coming here since the seventies when Angelica Houston used to come with. Um, with Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, that was her first introduction. So many people that come on our podcast not only talk about going on dates here or being the first date, but it's like also, it's a good test. It's a good test. It's comfortable. It's public, but it's also private. I mean, we're doing a podcast right here in the middle on this thing. And it's got interesting stories, the artwork. This was an the, exception the, for you, the, though, the murals. Brian Howie. Yeah, this is an <laughs> exception for me. But coming in here, you know, I used to, to try and find the place to go. And, you know, I would sort of kick around and you go to the the roof at the peninsula because it had sort of a nice view but it was still felt like a hotel bar and uh i used to go to elaine's a lot on the upper east side elaine's was super cool yeah food wasn't great it wasn't that nice but once you were in there elaine made it seem like this was the greatest restaurant of all time it had history it did had cops in there it had celebrities in there it had regular people in there and then you could go you come in here you can come in here with your date and she'll be like oh that's why he picked that. That, he, that guy's got good taste. Yes. He likes me and he likes this this bar. Yes. And he, and it's the cocktails are a little bit better and they're a little bit pricier. And I think this you're going to be impressive. The best dirty martini in town, so they say. <laughs> but let me Word tell on you, the street. Word on the street is. No, but like Lenny Kravitz in the documentary tells this story about how when he was a kid, you know, his parents used to come here all the time. And he 
he didn't like it. He remembered the scratchy, awful suits he had to wear. And he thought he was like dragged along. And then one day he just got it. And then from that point on, he would start, like when he got a little bit older, he would start bringing his dates here just to see if they could hang, you know, because if they got it, maybe they had a chance. Right. The kind of guy who brings you here gets it. And the kind of girl who appreciates that you brought her here. Then you could be a match. And and you could sort of find that spot in any city. You know, some of these guys are like, I just want to go on a coffee date. That's fine. Don't go to a Starbucks. Find a cool coffee place. Like find a place. It's still the same amount of time, same amount of money, everything. Give it like you gave it some thought. And she's going to think much, much higher of you because you did that. Yeah. And maybe come here first before you bring a date so you know the ins and outs. You know what I mean? Oh, there's ins and outs. The best place to sit, what to order, who the bartender is. You know what I mean? And then you you Oh, yeah. You get the bartender's name and then you walk in and you're like, hey. (laughs) Hey, Sharif. How are you? That's right. You're going to seem cooler. Yeah, definitely. You know, people are always like, I don't want to have to play these games. You're going to be playing these games for 80 years even if you get married. You have to play games with your husband. Do you think? You have to play games. You you have to do what you have to do. I don't know if I play games with my husband. Does he play games with you to get, how do you get him to do things you want to do you just ask nice i uh, <laughs> yeah i mean i probably don't do the things that he wants me to do and <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, i get like what i want i guess that's true um, that's a different podcast probably um you know you're just gonna feel better about yourself which is another thing i want to talk to you about young lady Oh, okay. When I met you 15 years uh, ago. Oh, geez. I knew you were going here. Well, you weren't the most confident person in the world. I was a very different person. I was in a very different place. You were a different place. Yeah. You were a beauty queen of some kind. Yeah. What was your title? I was Miss New York Teen USA. So I was in the Miss Teen USA You were in the Teen USA pageant. Yes. Miss Teen New York USA. You so already screwed it up, but it's okay. Miss Teen, <laughs> Miss New York Teen USA. Which is now owned by Trump, which is... No, he sold I'm it. He's out now. Go. Oh, is he out? Yeah, so okay, he good. sold it. Was, it was respectable it then. It was when um, Dick Clark owned it. Right. And, um, you know, you knew that you had some talent and you knew that you were attractive and you knew people liked you, which is a huge advantage. You're very likable. Thank you, Brian. Um, people do like you. And uh, <laughs> you're like, what do I want to do with this? And there was always like an air of a little bit of some kind of neuroses going on that now you're the most comfortable person I know. And I yeah. can't even, I don't know how that happened. And I ask you all the time, like <laughs> when what did happened you recognize to? that? When did you realize it? Oh, so maybe this is it. Once you, when did I knew that you knew it? Yeah. Uh, you were doing some report and you were in like a bikini on TV. And I'm I like, don't even remember. That. I remember. I'm like, I can't believe she read that. Uh, was I surfing piece. in no, Puerto Rico? No, you. I don't know. You're doing some piece for some TV show, and I'm huh. like, the Saragor I know would have would have been so uh, self conscious that they would have had to cover her up in some way. Yes. And um, you know, I probably wasn't. You know, I always knew. I'm. I'm going to both give myself some credit and some uh, and sort of criticize myself here. I was like. I knew Sarah was had this potential. You were not nice, but I to wasn't. Me, I didn't though. know right, and I think <laughs> Which I which made it. Where you fed into it. That I was totally great. So part of me feels like Tanya Harding's mother with you, <laughs> and uh, and I said yes. I, I said that to a mutual friend of ours. I saw you like a month ago, and I said I go Sarah Gore like like I always want her to come up to me and say, you know, Brian, you were hard on me. But you believed in me and I appreciate it. And my friend goes, that's never going to happen. And I go, what do you mean? She goes, if anything, she overcame you. Yes. <laughs> yes. So but true. I thought at some point somebody that said. That is so true. That is so true. Yeah. I know. Somebody said something because it was weird because we were like friends. But then I was kind of a 
dick. Anyway. Um, yes, you were. You were not nice in a professional manner, right. like in a professional capacity. Yeah, like I wasn't you, nice. Like I remember having to go on stage and then you would say, are you going to wear that? That was, that's not flattering for you. Or like something like that, that would just feed on my insecurity. <laughs> and then I'd be like, oh my God. I remember Meredith Vieira was in the audience that day. Yeah. So you freaked out <laughs> Meredith. And part of me was like, I, I just didn't know how to eloquently tell you that I thought better of you and you are capable of more. I don't know. And Your I'm, tactics I'm not even doing failed. It My tactics failed. Yes. And but, I survived. But there was a moment. Survived. Jesus. The, so yes. there was a moment, though, where somebody said something to you in the right way and it kicked your personal professional. Con- it just turned on a light for you. Do you know when um, that was? I don't think it was anyone telling me anything. I think it was me figuring it out for myself. And I think that when I started to have a family and I had kids, I realized what I was capable of and how strong I was. Like and lifting it, the car off the, like a mom no, thing? Just that I could, I didn't give myself enough credit for what I, I was able to do. Like I have a human being that I was taking care of and was responsible for. And my my priorities changed. My view on life changed. My view of myself changed. Um, and that trickled down to career? I think so. Really? You know what? And then I started, because I think before that was, where's my career going? Which way am I headed? What's next? And when you start having kids and when you have a family, it was more like, I love what I do and I love my job, but it's just part of who I am. It's not what I am. Right. So it, it just, I, so I started you, caring a lot being less able about to what other find people thought. definition of who you were and what you were yeah. trickled down to every other aspect of yeah. your life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Yeah. You texted me today and you're like, did therapy help you become nicer? Yes. Yes, it did. <laughs> I've never it, been in therapy. Really? Yeah. Fuck you. I feel like as a New Yorker, uh, that's fine. a weird thing. Um, I it's, think most New well, Yorkers have it's not as a New Yorker. Therapy. It's a weird thing that you that you had some sort of uh, light bulb go on or metamorphosis without it. Yeah. Because for me, it, it, it turned on, well, why do I behave this way? Yeah. Or why do I need certain things from people that I that either I, I wasn't getting or I wasn't recognizing? Like, yeah. what was it? And you have to go way, way, you know, I had to go way, way back to, you know, five-year-old Brian and figure all that stuff out. And... It changes the way you interact with people. Yeah. It changes the way you listen to people. It changes your perception of how you have behaved towards people for a yeah, long, long time. Sure. So, you know, there's a little bit of uh, like mental 12 steps you want to do. Like you want to tell the people that you weren't so great to that you weren't so great and you're aware Is of it. Is that why we're here today, Brian? Well, Is part this why part I of tell your... you how proud I am of you, <laughs> uh, you know, and I am <laughs> that you overcame part of it. And part of it is like, you know, it's not necessary for those people to even be aware of it and, and you're not looking for any sort of, it's, it's just, I know, you know, and I think something of somebody or I believe something of somebody and mostly of yourself, but it's much more comforting knowing that you sort of know your place around people yeah, or with people or by yourself or all yeah. those kind of things. And that just takes some time. And, and that was the right person in the right way, asking the right question. And that was just a therapist. You know? See, but that's good that you recognized that you needed a therapist, Brian. It, well, I, I did. I needed to uh, go to a therapist. I needed to find. I needed to find a therapist that was a woman for some reason. Huh. I needed to find a therapist that, under no circumstances, could I charm. Okay. Because it was going to force me 
to give an answer that wasn't like, but you're amazing. And she was just going to have to, like, I wasn't trying, because that was always my thing. Yeah. At some level, I had to know, like, does this person like me? So you needed constant approval. Constant. Really? So, so you, even in a professional okay. situation, you know, it wasn't like I was, like, running around trying to sleep with people in business meetings, but I would want to know, like, would they like me? Do they like me? Do now, they you just think like, that less now, or do you still believe, do you still think those things? I don't anymore. I don't care. Yeah. I'm comfortable enough, like... This is me. Now it's like, do they like the work? Do yeah. they like this podcast? Do they like what I do? Yeah. And before, whether or not they like that stuff wasn't enough for me. Yeah. Because I needed to know, well, yeah, you liked what I wrote or create, but do you like me? But so, so you do this, <laughs> this great love debate. Yeah. And you you started with these events. Yeah. And then it turned sure. into a podcast. And it turned into a podcast. And you meet women all the time. But what's the status? I have somebody I like and she likes me and I think we're okay. And is she based in the same location that you are based in? Or Sometimes, do you have to travel to see her? Uh, I have to try. Uh, well, I mean, I see her, you know, she's very private. I don't know if I want to get into that, but yeah. um, I like but somebody. But you're in a good space and you think. I think I'm in a good space, yeah. most importantly, but I'm able to do that. So it's never, as you know, the issue was never like I didn't have personal or professional opportunities to be around women. Well, yes. I, I've been around women. You for, created those <laughs> moments. Right. But I did for like 20 years. Yeah. But what enables me to do great love debate is that I don't care to get the personal approval. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not doing it being like, does that person like me? I'm doing it like, do they like what we're creating here? Do they like what we're doing? It's very liberating. I mean, it needs to be yeah. just brutal, you know? And, uh, and you get over. I'm glad this turned into more therapy this for is, me. This, this yeah. is more right. about you. It's just good. I'm comfortable with that. No, I don't get. <laughs> I mean, I like it. I'm comfortable. And a lot of people who listen to this podcast, they're like, I like when you talk about, you know, things. L- let me tell you all who are listening um, that I do believe that Brian also has come a long way, knowing him. Yeah. Thinking of the 15 year ago, Brian, <laughs> and thinking of the person I'm sitting across from right now, I do think that you are a nicer person. And a little more uh, at ease and cultured. And you've seen more. <laughs> <laughs> I think this traveling great love debate events well, has Well, it has. has yeah. And I've listened to people say things. I always thought I knew everything. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it settled <laughs> yes. yes, you did. And, and I always thought, also thought I knew everything about women. Yes, you did. And you didn't. I thought because I knew more than any other guy that I knew everything. And what I've learned is I know about 5% of what there is to know. And it's a continuous thing. So I'm able to learn from the men. I'm able to learn from the women. I'm able to learn from the couples. I'm able to learn from people I've known a long, long time who, who might have said this very same thing 12 years ago and I didn't hear them. And so it's, it's, you know, circle of life. So what's the, the most important thing you've learned from all of this process? Uh, that everybody's a little afraid that everybody's a little hurt yeah. And how we handle those two things goes a long way in, in most aspects of life. Yeah. You know, you can just uh, overlook it or pretend something doesn't bother you or anything like that and plow right through it. Or you can look at the root of it and do that, that, that everybody has some little I think you chink. have to see things when they're happening. I think if you plow through and ignore them, inevitably they're going to come to the surface. Right. You can get through it. So whether it's a a personal situation or professional situation, at some point you're going to have to hit the pause. You know, we talk about self-love and all that kind of stuff and doing the work all the time, but there's a moment where you have to be like, 
this pattern is repeating itself in a way that I don't like. Yeah. And um, eventually, you know, there can be a giant wake up call and or you can, you know, crash the, the car metaphorically on it. And, and something is going to trigger inside of you, which is a good thing. But what I've learned about this is almost everybody, you know, 90 percent of everybody's crap is pretty much the same. Yes. You know, and it's yeah. how you how you handle that 90 percent and how what you deal in that other 10 percent goes so, so far. I have to watch one of these events that you do because I've been so far out of the dating game. That you it's, married how long? Uh, we got married in t- 2010. So like eight years. Yeah, this, we're going on eight years. So it was- With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's November of 2010. So, yeah, we're, yeah, we're going on eight years. It's different out there. I'm not going to say it's yeah. better or worse. It's certainly different. And people, if they go, uh, you know, you, you had Susan Lucci on your podcast and your husband said, if you were going out again. <laughs> if Helma was out of the picture. <laughs> what, how, how young would you go? What would yeah. you do? Like, would Susan Lucci suddenly be on Bumble? Like, I don't know. Like, these are questions. Like that- Matthew said, if I were a thir- uh, you know, 38-year-old man sending you, which he's not 38, he's 44, but um, sending you a drink. What should I send you? And would you accept it? She said, um, I think she said, uh, champagne. You should send me champagne. But she did say she wouldn't accept a drink from a stranger. But if there were a man of that age flirting with her, she would, of course, talk to him. And she would flirt back. That's the thing, though. You can't just send a drink anymore because you're no, going to think we put something in it. That's right. Well, we didn't put anything in it more likely now than 40 years ago. Those guys put stuff in it, too. You know? <laughs> Bill Cosby was putting stuff oh, in drinks geez. 30 years ago, oh, too. Oh, jeez. You know? but, that, but that's yeah, the thing. That's, like, that's a the, horrible the, story, by the way. But the, the, but, the, but the gesture of it, Yeah. those things have been taken off of the table yeah. for men. The chivalrous gesture is is looked at with a crooked eye or danger you can't do that so yeah. the old like i'm gonna send those ladies a drink one of those what ladies if, what if is it going comes to make right a from the bartender and it's at a classy joint like this here <laughs> a lot of women be like what do i owe this guy that's true that's true there's such a negative even if the intent is pure and sweet she's rarely going to interpret it that way right and so you're going to you know if you suddenly get divorced that's the thing you'll probably notice the most is that the things that seemed okay even five years ago, even five months ago, yeah. are not the same. Well, let me ask you this. Are people still picking up other people in bars? Or do you need to like set an official date and come to like um, Bemelman's bar? Um, yes, they are. But it's, it's uh, harder now because nobody drove. So you're dealing with two right. separate Ubers. Right. You know, I always used to make that joke about New York City that the, that the, uh, the words you did not want to hear out of your date at any point were, two stops, please. 
in the cab <laughs> at the end of the night. Like right. as long as she didn't say that, you knew you that knew the night you was were going not home over. together. You were either going home together or you're going to one more place. Right. So like, you'd hail the cab and when she goes, Two stops, please, you're like, you're oh, deflated. No. Yeah, I know. You're like, oh. And she's like, It's four fifteen and you're like, Oh Oh, I can't even remember going out until four <laughs> fifteen. I can't even Oh my god. I can't either and it's a good thing. People are like I come to New York like you are you are you going out after the show? No, I am not. You know, I but, was talking to Jeffrey Zakarian. Jeffrey Zakarian was a um, was a guest on my show the other day, and he was talking about how smoking. I think it was Jeffrey. Smoking changed how late people go out in the city now because people can't smoke anymore. Mm-hmm. The evenings are much earlier. Well, I agree with that. And for somebody now, because you have to go out outside, if I'm going to put my coat on, I'm le- I'm out. Like yeah. once you take you go outside for anything, yeah, that's a thing. You're if, done. Yeah. If a bar puts the wong song on at the wrong time, it can change a moment. There's such triggers that never to that. That happens here. No, that doesn't by happen the way. here. No, not no. here. No, this is not one of those places you're going to stay till they kick you out. Um and if you come here, yeah. guys, you need to dress sharp. Even if do you have a special wedding or event coming up like bringing a date here? Everyone wants to look as great as their date at a wedding or special event. Trouble is, there's no way you want to spend the amount of time or money she did shopping for her outfit. TheBlackTux.com is your answer with high-quality rental suits and tuxedos delivered right to your doorstep. You use Rent the Runway as a girl once in a while, right? I do. You do? Yeah. This is that for guys. Yeah, no, that's and ladies, good. you listening out here, you tell your guy about TheBlackTux.com because he has no idea and it makes it so easy. They sent me, They basically sent me a thing where I went online and I filled out all my specs and everything. A week later, the suit shows up. It fits great. It was awesome. It was the easiest thing ever, and it was really, really nice. The Black Tux lets you create your look or choose from tons of stylist-selected outfits. And these suits normally would retail for 1200 bucks, but for the, at the Black Tux, they start at just $95, and they have expert customer care and tailors who have your back every step of the way. It's all done online. And with the Black Tux free try-on, you can see the fit, feel the suit months before your event. Your suit will arrive 14 days before your event. And if anything's less than perfect, the Black Tux will send you a replacement right away. And when your event's over, drop it back in the box. Comes in this fancy box. I'm still wearing, sorry Black Tux people, I'm still wearing this. I'm literally right now wearing the socks that came with my Black Tux suit because they were so nice. And that was just kind of a throw-in. Shipping is free both ways. So, great love listeners, to get $20 off your purchase Visit theblacktux.com slash debate, D-E-B-A-T-E. That's theblacktux.com slash debate. $20 off your purchase. The Black Tux premium rental suits and tuxedos delivered. Listen, a lot of ladies want to go out to a really nice place and they like getting dressed up. Don't ever make an excuse that you don't have something to wear or you don't want to go because whatever reason. You can do it. And again, you can come here rather than spend you know, a hundred dollars at dinner at some middle middling restaurant. It's going to make no impression. It's going to make no impression. <laughs> Come here and have a couple drinks each yeah. or place like this in the city you're in. And then go to Cafe Carlisle next door because they have the most amazing shows. It's such a great night. They the have town. like Woody Allen in there, right? He's every, there every Monday every night. Every Monday night. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, there's some find the place in your town that has a little history and has a little cachet that yeah. you do know the bartender who can make a fancy cocktail because it it takes just a regular, you know, two Miller lights, please. And it and don't do that. You know, it takes it to another. You seem like you have a little style. You seem like you have a little 
uh, you have a little foodie to you almost, and you're a foodie. Yes, yes, know? I am. You know, I'm not trying to name drop, but <laughs> keep going. <laughs> when I had Eric Repair here the other day, because I love Eric Repair, he, you know who he is, obviously, right? I know he's a food person. He's the most amazing chef. Um, he's the chef for La Berna Den, which has been four stars in New York since 1986, which is not something is that he you above can... Bulu? It's hard to say. Above Jean George? I mean, I used to work for Jean George, so that's hard you... for me to say, too. They're like part of the French connection right. in New York. Right, exactly. Kind of he's one of the, the guys. Of New York yeah. restaurants. Um, anyway, he came the other day, and he comes with his wife here all the time, and he ordered the... I don't even know how to... I can't even repeat how he ordered the martini, but it was like a topped something was a topped i don't know you have to go back and listen to it but it sounded so classy i thought exactly you know if you know how to order wine it's very impressive it's very impressive and there's just a handful of things that don't you just say just give me whatever your house what you have, red is right <laughs> so if you take that initiative fellas you know and there's there's basic you know wine aid is infidel courses that you can take very quickly if you can just basically you don't have to master the wine list and you don't have to know everything but if you can speak fluent wine which i cannot it goes a long way the way guys you can speak fluent craft beer Forget table it. that because info that for a even, second that, that that's like wasted talent it's wasted talent guys <laughs> i tell you that all the time learn basic wine you know yeah. you don't need to to go to a french restaurant and order in french i mean that is a skill or whatever no. but at some that's point that's actually a little obnoxious i think there you go too much for me it's Over too much for top. you yeah these french guys uh with these french chefs but oh. if you can if you can have basic mastery of a wine list or a cocktail or if you say you need to try this as long as you are passionate about it and enthusiastic about it it's probably going to trickle down to her Stick like to she's the like classics. i don't like bourbon but i'll have a sip of that you know um she's going to appreciate you know it what? you know i've been talking to a lot of my single girlfriends too and the things that they've been doing um which i don't i don't remember doing when i was in the dating world though was like the whiskey tastings mm -hmm. or things like that that kind of that men i think would love to do but they're really loving going to these things too and i think that if you can Women find love some sake tasting sake tasting yeah. all different sakes there's all different tequilas or whatever that's the thing you're a married person um that has changed dating in a lot of cities uber has because a yes. husband and wife can can go out and split a bottle of wine yes. and have a couple of drinks. Whereas before, he had to drive, she had to drive, or a cab was just an extra expense or whatever. Right. Uber's affected couples dating if they yes. want to drink. And now when you have to Uber um, a babysitter in, you're paying for the Ubers for the babysitters. Is that part of the, the deal? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Uh, all right. I, I mean, I guess it is. I always do. Here's, I pay for here's what I want to talk to you about, and I've been saving this for like three weeks in addition to something else. Meghan and Harry. Me yeah. Meghan Markle, for those of you who don't know, she is an actress. She's mostly known for... Not she's on, Well, She's on the USA show Suits. She's been on there about eight years. She's a working actress. Is marrying uh, Prince Harry, who is, uh, I don't know, fourth in line to the throne now? Uh, no, he's uh, fifth at he's least. He's fifth in yeah. line to the throne. I think that this is a bad move for her. And let me explain this for a okay. second. She's a fairly successful working actress in Hollywood. She's going to give all this up. She's going to give up a lot of the stuff to have to, you know, shake a bunch of school kids' hands in third world countries and the spotlight's going to be a tremendous on her. All of the princes, that princesses that we've seen recently, it's too early on Kate. Fergie was miserable. Diana was miserable. I know. I spent it's a bunch true. of time as a small child around Princess Grace, oddly. Why? She was miserable. Can we I lived get in, back to that? I lived in Paris. Grace was 
English or was American. Right. She spent a lot of weekends in Paris away from Monaco because she was unhappy. Yeah. They would go to our church. So really? it would be her and Caroline, had no idea Stephanie, you had a connection and all these to things. Princess and so Grace. they were always at our church and they always looked so, she always looked miserable. And it wasn't uh-huh. just because she had some sort of bratty children. And she always had a look on her face. And my mother would notice. She'd be like, she, she's unhappy. She's unhappy. So I've noticed unhappy princesses for a long, long time. I think if Harry loves her, and he apparently does, yeah. he's one of those guys who's like, listen, I'm fifth from the throne. So I'm, it's not like I'm abdicating the whole thing anyway. I'm going to move to Los Angeles. You can continue acting. We're going to do some charity things together. I'm going to open Harry's Sandwich Shop in Santa Monica. Oh. I would go to Harry's Sandwich Shop to help him, you know, just get established, him, just to help does, him out. He needs the, the lead cash. A, a, you know, and then they can lead. Uh, she gets enough of what she wants. The glare's not there. They don't, and she doesn't have to, like, chuck it all the way Grace Kelly did to suddenly be well, a princess. Well, I mean, that's happened before. Where the guys have given up the throne. Yes, yes. Yes. Uh, that's how I think Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth, I think. I think hers. Didn't George leave? I think it was George. I think it was George. Sorry, I'm not a... a <laughs> you should know these things. It's probably your friends. You're like, when well, I had, and, when I had um, Elizabeth Madonna, on the podcast... Um, <laughs> Madonna <laughs> did a movie about it, and I, I saw that movie. <laughs> Matthew's going to kill me, because yeah, he's well, like somebody, a history buff. But that's giving up the throne for a woman, which is the most romantic thing ever. Yeah, but, but can he not really just, leave and move someplace else? Why like can't it, he? I mean, I, I feel like the rules are a little bit out the window these days. The, you know everybody's I mean? saying and like, like well they're a hip couple and they're fun and they're ever, they're doing everything by the book for this whole thing and once she's yeah, I mean she had to close down her she had a lifestyle blog which I didn't know about yeah. until they said she had to close it she but had to close it all down they're watching that. her the queen's still alive like there's yes. a lot of even Charles was miserable you yes, know he was being he you know since he sort of got out of that so I'm just saying they can still have their love if Harry stepped up and said listen I don't want her to have to be you know Princess Megan, I'm going to go to L.A. I'm going to support her. I'm going to, and I'm going to open Harry's Sandwich Shop, which is a big part of this equation. <laughs> Why I think they're the happier. Shop? I think that's a thing that that because uh, we need a good sandwich shop in L.A. Earl of Sandwich. Sort of. I think he could be the new Earl of Sandwich. Something like that. I don't think. But but listen, can't they still? Don't you think they can still live a happy life because the the spotlight isn't on them as much? Because I think he's like you know fifth in line. No, because. William is fourth. But still, she's like a she's going to be a princess. Obviously, she had to put Kate, all these. She's she going to think a, about all. She's going to and she's not young. She's going to be a baby machine as quickly as possible. She's for not. She's young. Thir- she's you said 35. that so emphatically. She's thirty six. I think actually thirty six. Okay. Well, she's going to have to have the royal babies very quickly. Yeah, but they don't care because those kids are going to be eighth or ninth in line, right? I, but so. there's still pressure for them to breed, for lack of a better term. And she's going to have to spend a lot of time doing a lot of stuff that seems like a real pain in the well, ass. Well, as of today, I think, maybe it wasn't today, recently, I think it was today, that um, Harry announced that she was going to join him as the youth ambassador for the Commonwealth, which I thought, yay! Yeah, so a lot of women are like, I want this, you know, that you have this princess fantasy. You want this guy to ride in on a horse, and he's the hero or whatever, and I'm always like, well, what do you know about this prince fantasy, that he has some reasonable equestrian skills and you haven't really talked to him but he's going to he take polo. you away from anything no william plays polo harry doesn't harry's been, been a little busy being I've a seen bachelor william playing polo up in santa barbara and i've never seen harry playing i don't think so how old is harry uh harry's in his 30s also he right? is is she older wait a minute how old 
she is older than him, isn't I she? Like we that. should look that up. I know we should. We should know. It was that. a big to do when um, William and Kate came here. Was it last year or the year before? And it was, I mean, Americans are right. So she, obsessed with you know the they are. family. But Kate had sort of a, I mean, for lack of a term, a regular boring life. You know, she was just sort of regular. Uh, well, they were Meg- together for like 10 Meghan years. Megan Markle's in show business. Yeah. She gets all a lot of the glam. She gets all of the upside or a lot of the upside of the princess stuff. Yeah. And she's still going to get invited to all that crap, especially now, you know, without all of the, the, the annoying thing duties that come with the princess life. So, yeah, could she still have the same friends that she had before? I mean, I, I imagine. So, look at Princess Diana was friends with all those celebrities. So, well, somebody said to me, they're like, well, no, this is going to be a cool wedding because there's a bunch of cool celebrities coming. I'm like, those are all her friends. Yeah. She's got Serena Williams as the friend. Like, she has cool so Hollywood see, friends. Like, what do you think she's going to skip out on the marriage? Do you think she's going to change her mind? And just No, I don't think so. I think somebody's not laying this out to her and I'm bringing this up to a lot of women and the women she's are got like, a lot of you don't know what it, she's like, She's like, you're saying that because you're a man and you don't want to be a princess. And I'm like, I'm saying that because you're a woman and you don't know what it takes to be a princess. You yeah. don't know what that means because all the princesses I've seen have seen I miserable. imagine it's very isolating. I don't. I would hate it if I couldn't leave the house and go to the grocery store or everyone was looking at everything I was doing and I was at all times. I was, that would make me now crazy. I'm, now I'm going to name drop Sarah Gore. Name it. I was at a party once at the... Uh, at not the Met, the museum, the Natural History Museum. Yeah. It was like a fundraiser thing. And there were a lot of really famous people there. And I've been around a lot of famous people in my life. And Princess Diana came in. Oh, forget it. And people practically broke their necks. Yes. Craning to her. There, that was a level of spotlight and focus. And when the famous people look at the famous people. Yeah. Sort of like if you've been in a room when Prince walked in, people would freak out. <laughs> I and never so, got to so see Princess Diana. Diana and I'm like, I can't even imagine. It wasn't like most eyes on the room were on her. Every eye in the room yeah. was on her. And I'm like, that seems really unhappy or not yeah. a good life. I don't want that. I, I would be ready to leave that room probably as quickly as I, my duties were over. And then what do you do when you get back to the room and you're by yourself? I don't know. That's why if I'm Meghan Markle, I'm staying in Los Angeles hey, where, think... where people don't care yeah. that much. Because I don't think she wants that. You said, yeah. this is a pretty fancy place. People want Kate and William walk in. People freak out. Yeah. <laughs> even, I know. I mean, here. everyone here was very cool about the it. Staff. But... I'm talking about the regular people, though. Everybody, yeah. everybody went home and they said, guess who I saw. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so if I'm Meghan Markle, am I signing up for that? I don't know. And if he loves me. Yeah. He can work the sandwich shop. Yeah. No, I, I think this plan that you've hatched is a good one. <laughs> you know some important people. Can you get that? There's, I bet there's. Okay, there's let me help I bet you somebody on staff here at the Carlisle has a phone number that they can get my my message to. Uh, yes, I'll make sure that your message gets conveyed. <laughs> you do that. You'll 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 pass that along. Um, uh, one more thing that I wanted to get to. Okay. You just had a girl. I did. And that's exactly my point. You are so happy. I'm so with a happy. Daughter. Not that the boys are so bad. No, let What's me tell you. What's the biggest you. difference? First of all, I love my boys, and I I really was done after that's two. That's the disclaimer. No, no, I yeah. I thought I was done after two. I was happy not even having a girl. Uh-huh. I was I you know I thought I'm just supposed to be the mother of boys. Like you know I I just thought that was in the cards for me, even though I'm I'm pretty girly. 
And um, and I have I'm the, one of three. I'm the youngest of three girls. My sister has three girls. It's just I was surrounded by girls, but I I came to accept it. Mm-hmm. And then my husband kept pushing for another because he wanted a lot of kids, and I kept saying no, no, no. And then finally, I caved, and I thought, well, it's a crapshoot from here. But I still have the video from when I found out I had a girl, and I just broke down. And that's the moment I realized I really did want a girl. And now she's like, it's. It's overwhelming how much I love this person. Like I, there's this. So you were able to go like up to another whole level. Connected to hers. Your heart beats outside of your body. Yes, it does. One of those things. I feel like she's my best friend, and she's only eleven months old. <laughs> you wanted a mini me. Not so much. I didn't want a mini me as much as I just feel a connection to having a girl. And like I said, I. My boys are amazing, and they, they're uh, smart and funny, and they make me laugh on a daily basis, and I'm overwhelmed with that, too, but it's a different level, and I, I can never let them listen to this. <laughs> you, uh, so you work every day at 30 Rock. I do. What would people, because there's a lot of things going on at 30 Rock. Today's show's in there, Saturday Night Live's in there. There's a lot of stuff. What would people be surprised about the cafeteria in there? Does it seem like a really cool high school cafeteria? I mean, <sighs> are you like there's I Kathy go, Lee like with the clam chowder? Like, what is the vibe in there, though? I don't know. Sometimes you run into people in the cafeteria, but is, uh, but it's, is there like know. a cool ki- section of it? I get my food and I go. <laughs> so you're, you don't even want to be seen. In no, there. it's because I have thirty minutes between shows. Oh. So it's like I, I'm on the air from 11.30 to 12 doing a live show. And then I have from 12 to 12.30 and then I'm back live on the air doing another live show. Oh, you're a busy woman with three yeah. kids and everything. Yeah. Uh, all right, Sergio, I know you got to let us go. And it's starting to get more crowded here. So we're, it's probably going to get louder for our listeners. Where can everybody find you, your podcast, the movie, all these kind of things? Oh, I can't wait for the movie to come out. It's coming out. It's called Always at the Carlisle. It's coming out on May 11th. Um, the premiere here is on May 8th. It's going to be so much fun. Oh, the Paris yeah. Theater and then the party here at the Carlisle after. Very nice. Um, and then um, Last Night at the Carlisle is available on iTunes, on Google Play. That's our podcast that we do every week. And we release a new episode every Thursday. And you have celebrities. And, and we have celebrities. Um, we haven't done the get to know your host type thing yet. Me and my husband, but that one should be interesting. But no, we've had some great guests so far. Isaac Mizrahi always says something that you aren't expecting that was fun <laughs> um and then uh you can find me on instagram twitter facebook all those crazy social Post, media I know, posting. at sarah underscore Gore. and and you're a huge foodie and if you so if you had, used to be if you had to cook i've eaten your food yeah if you had to cook one meal can't do this to me i'm one going to do it it's like picking only one child yes it's, what's your i'm gonna enter this in in the contest that i can do better <laughs> than anybody else what is it it depends on the season. Oh, jeez. You know what I used to make all the time, <laughs> which I used to make for a brunch thing all mm-hmm. the time, and it was my, um, and I haven't made it in a long time, and Marcus Samuelson's going to laugh at me because I said this last time, but um, I would say it's a my my sweet potato lobster hash with my grapefruit vanilla blanc. It's delicious. That sounds fantastic. With a little butter poached lobster tail on top of this beautiful little mound of sweet potato lobster hash. 
Oh, man. It's really good. Right. It's decadent. It's rich. It's decadent. All right. Uh, you can find Make a, it for you, a date. You can find a picture <laughs> of that on Sarah Gore's Instagram at some point. Uh, thank you, Sarah Gore. This was fun. Yes, thank you, Brian. 15 years. 15 years. Cheers All right. to that. Cheers to that. Uh, <laughs> as far as us, like, share, subscribe, and as always, review this podcast. Reviews mean a lot in the um, podcasting ecosystem. Oh, mine too. Yeah, hers too. <laughs> um, as far as our live shows, check out our live tour schedule, greatlovedebate.com. We have upcoming shows in uh, Seattle, Denver, Charlotte. We are doing a couples-only show in Charlotte, North Carolina, so the married folks get their uh, chance to talk about uh, video games and porn for an hour and a half, which seems to be the married stuff that comes up in our married show. Uh, May 3rd at the world-famous Hollywood Improv. We've got Brandy Glanville. we got Ben Higgins, The Bachelor. we got a whole bunch of fun and crazy people at that one. So if you want to make a road trip to the Great Love Debate live show, a lot of people do get on the road and plan it. Go to that one or go to one of our others, greatlovedebate.com for the live tour schedule because, as always, at the Great Love Debate, we never stop making love. See you next time.